Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, another mobile podcast, if you will. Doug Turnbull here with Smiling Mark McKay. And we plan to do these podcasts, the WSU Traffic Podcast, to more frequency because of the 85 collapse and this coming right at the intersection of the Braves Stadium. But smiling yesterday, you and I both got called into some overtime, extra, or early action because of something totally different. And might we add, we're kind of following our own lead here. Don't we talk about telecommuting or working from home? We're working from home base of the Skycopter because... We do not have to get into Midtown Atlanta to the studios of WSB. We can record this out here at DeKalb Peachtree Airport, which is convenient for both of us. And I think that's the the major thing that commuters have to have is to have a game plan, a plan B, to get around uh, these delays, which seem to crop up at any time of day. But uh, I don't know if you knew uh, my scenario after working uh, a morning drive that included the closure of the downtown connector we both worked it we oh yeah we got to talk about that too yes uh, <laughs> so we had the downtown connector closed as we started our day so time to go home and get a little shut eye open up twitter and our buddy jason durden's over i-20 buckled uh inbound on the east freeway it was just like are you kidding me yeah, Jason heard his ear buzz. He just pulled up right now and next to us here at the Cab Peachtree Airport. So yeah, so I twenty buckles and I see this myself. I, I think you and I were doing the exact same day. We took a mid morning nap after AM drive duty. Uh, and you were not planning on work. Your day was supposed to be done. And you look at that and you go, Oh gosh, you know, just what in the heck? And so what what ended up happening? At first, it was reported as a gas main break, but then we saw later on it was they were filling in an old gas line with some gravel or something like that. It was an Atlanta Gaslight crew, I think, a subcontractor of AGL, and then Kablooey. Yeah, and to see another interstate shut down with what we've been dealing with for weeks with the I eighty five, and will deal with for weeks with I eighty five, was in in a word. For commuters, sickening. It was like, how long is this going to last, and what are the ramifications? And oh, by the way, I twenty has been. We've been putting everybody on I twenty to get away from the I eighty five collapse. So, I'm really happy to see how quickly uh, DOT slash contractors work to open that up. Because by uh, Tuesday morning, six thirty, we we're watching the barrels go away. In fact, I got a um, email from uh, the commissioner after I had reported shortly <laughs> after six o'clock, and he listens in. Commissioner McMurray does, and we're happy that he does soon as he, uh, and this is what the DOT was saying, by the way, that all lanes would be open by lunchtime. He uh, he had gotten a progress report, obviously, <laughs> said that it'll go, it'll be open a lot quicker than lunchtime, and it, it sure was. And so the morning commute out of the eastern suburbs eased a bit by I-20. Still tough on that east side perimeter, though. And so we, we see, and so what we thought, to, to, to backtrack a little bit, when we saw a big chunk of pavement, this time instead of collapsing, it bowed up. All right, I guess, see, the, the collapse was to honor the Falcons' Super Bowl. The bowing up was the the Braves' win streak. All right, maybe that's what it was. Okay, I don't know. But but we, you go, oh, my gosh, is it going to be shut down again, just like you said? And I-20 was right there in the middle of what I think is a pretty viable alternate, 285 down to down the east side perimeter to I-20 west into downtown Atlanta to avoid the 85 closure. So it's like, okay, 
we, we lose I-20 now. For and You think for a minute it could be a long-term deal. You don't know how bad it is. And you just go, where, where are all these people going to go? And fortunately, by 4.15 p.m., 4.20, they had had two right lanes open, so they'd only managed to cordon off those three left lanes. And then, like you said, smiling, what, 14 hours later, so we get through PM Drive. And as soon as they open I-20 back up, and by the way, they had traffic forced onto 285 for, uh, up until up until they got those two right lanes open. So they weren't letting them go all the way to Flat Shoals to take the side roads. They were just forcing them onto the perimeter. Very smart traffic management, in my opinion. But but as soon as they got those two right lanes open, the delays went away just like that. And then our next worry was AM Drive. And so before they got those uh, the additional left lanes open, did you see any kind of significant backup there at Flatchels? Oh, there, there was tap of the brakes through the area. I mean, we were seeing uh, on the jam cam before we launched uh, the Skycopter at 6 that there were there were some delays inside the perimeter. But, you know, when, when I got a closer look and the vantage point that we had, uh, after the collapse happened, I saw it was mainly concentrated on the left side of the roadway. My my feeling was initially, once they assessed the situation, they were going to get some right lanes open, and that they did. So, uh, thankfully, as tough as it was uh, the first day of it, uh, it did it, it went away. And uh, of course, wouldn't you know it? Shortly after they opened all lanes, then an injury crash. Everybody who was behind that, yeah. that there was an injury crash right before the downtown connector. So. Atlanta drivers can't get a break anywhere they go these days, Doug. Hey, I guess the only break is, I mean, is you know, to look at it optimistically, this thing did open a lot quicker than expected. But then, like you said, they, they step right into the mousetrap after that happens. And I loved what Mark Aram said on Channel 2. I, I think he said it right before his toss to you. He said, what the traffic gods giveth, yes. which would be I-20 West and Flat Shoals completely reopening, they take it away. They put a crash, what was it, two right lanes at Boulevard? Yes, it Yes, it was. And so you and Bill Billings there, the helicopter, Bill Billings, our fill-in photographer this week, had had your hands full this morning. So what one thing we were worried about yesterday afternoon was the Braves commute as well. You know, you, you tighten up I-20, it put, puts more traffic on 285. and I mean, it's it's really in a different direction, but 285 is also a big conduit getting over to SunTrust Park and smiling. Yesterday afternoon, to tell everybody what your contribution that didn't hear to the PM Drive deal was, you weren't supposed to work PM Drive. You got called in and to come in the studio and help Eric Erickson kind of do the first segment of the show talking about traffic. And then you kind of covered the side roads around the 85 collapse, but the 85 collapse has displaced traffic on 285. The I-20 traffic had as well. And we had our our fourth Braves home game, but our first one that was kind of on a non-holiday, non-weekend commute. We thought Friday's commute would be terrible getting there and people I think got scared and they took off work so Friday really from about 4 30 or 5 o'clock on 285 was almost a ghost town on the north side perimeter it was okay getting there yesterday however it ended up being pretty bad 285 west was you know jammed up the whole way from 85 or Peachtree Industrial over to the park and that that to me is more indicative of what it's going to be like here at least until we get the 85 bridge open but smiling you were digging around in the surface streets getting around the 85 collapse and i guess that was no fun huh right and we're going to lean on you with, with, with working the majority of the PM to see that. I'm, I'll be very interested to see your perspective on how 285 and everybody reacts to the SunTrust Park on home games yeah. in regular rush hour situations. Uh, Good Friday was not the indicator. And then, um, you know, the, so now we're looking at real rush hours, everybody back at work, everybody back at school. And oh, by the way, the Braves playing home games and the Braves doing well. Those are going to be increased now with them doing well, at least at SunTrust Park. And there was Park. a large crowd last night, too. And how many people are now going to? go hey let's go watch the braves as they're hot you know they want to be part of something so maybe there's going to be an early increase in 
of course, the ballpark's going to be the draw anyway, no yes. matter how good or bad the Braves are going to be. But, uh, yeah, you know, the this is the thing that I've noticed, Doug, is that the 85 closure has just spread so much traffic into neighborhoods that that go so far east. I mean, I've seen delays in Decatur. I've seen delays all over town, but especially for anybody trying to get between Midtown and Buckhead in that northeast corridor, East Atlanta, the Ansley Park neighborhood, the Sherwood Forest neighborhood, Midtown, those streets have been hammered and just getting out of WSP, which is the street behind their Ansley Golf Club, it took probably 30 minutes just to mm. get to Montgomery Ferry and then on to uh, near Monroe, which then take... And by the way, Piedmont and Monroe, Cheshire Bridge were easing out by the... So that's... And I tell you, there's a lot... I, I've heard... I heard car horns back there. It's a beautiful setting and these neighborhoods are getting inundated by the cars and we're getting fr- people that are really frustrated. I saw an incident over the weekend. Somebody was speeding through a neighborhood mm. And some guy ran off his lawn and went up to the window and pounded on the window. And I could hear him saying, this is a residential neighborhood. What are you doing speeding through here? There's people not only road rage, but neighborhood, neighbors raging that people are going through their neighborhoods. Traffic trooper Carpool Kitten. I don't know if you saw her tweet this morning, but she she's somebody who lives in the Buckhead area in one of the neighborhoods and, and actually tr- drives a carpool to, I, th- I think, a the private school that's off of Northside Drive. I can't think of the name of it. It's one we've all heard of. I can't think of it. But anyway, she she took a picture in her neighborhood of the license plate oh. and put it out on Twitter and said, Fayette County plates doing 50 miles of an hour in my 25-mile-an-hour neighborhood. And so this kind of radiates to what you and Jason and I were talking about last week. Be a good yeah. neighbor. Um, it's easier said than done. It, being a good neighbor, or I, mean, just, I mean, be a good citizen. I don't, I don't mean be. I'm not talking about carpool. I'm saying carpool kitty. I'm saying us as drivers need to be good neighbors to the other people when we're in their neighborhoods. Just to be clear, what I'm saying. <laughs> I understand that, and I understand that uh, that's all good in practice. I've been caught up in some of this backup. I've felt frustration of people after I'm single laning it. Or trying to not block the box, yeah. which is not block an intersection. Somebody that wants to make a right turn behind me at a red light, I'm holding them up as the light ahead of me is green. They're hitting their horn. I'm not going to block the box. And they're frustrated that I'm not going through the intersection to block it so that they can make their right turn off the red. Um, so patience is being tested and will be over the next few weeks until we get I-85 back up and running again. Uh, real simple. An average of 226,000 cars a day passed over the 85 area that's now gone, or but it's coming back, <laughs> that 85 area, and, and they have to go somewhere. 226,000 cars. That's a lot. All right, this is a big area. That's a huge artery that's taken out. So so be a good neighbor and, and try to try to stay out of the neighborhoods when, when possible and try to make, if you're taking an alternate to this thing, try to make the widest berth that you can. The closer you get to it, the more you're going to get stopped up in some of this frustration. And I mean, yesterday it seemed like it wasn't quite as bad on those side roads, it seemed like Peachtree after that crash at Peachtree Battle cleared. That Peachtree was it was okay, but it but definitely Piedmont, Cheshire Bridge, City Marcus were just were just hammered. So that then that brings us to to our final item here. So, since I twenty became a, a hot story that fizzled out, the Braves is an ongoing one. It seemed like the the expectations were far exceeded as far as how good a commute that could be. And then Monday it sort of went to the hounds again. I think it's going to get worse here today and through Thursday when we have more home games. But smiling, we've got some serious progress that you and I have both flown over on that 85 bridge involving some beams. Beam me up, Scotty. We like that. They're, they were transported in, as they well should have, by police, Georgia State Patrol escort. Get them in here quickly. Get them up. Um, I think a real good uh, indicator, I know we both have the advantage 
the airborne advantage, mm-hmm. to actually fly over that. And I will continue to post, as you will too, updates. Um, and I'm not sure that it's overload or not on our social media account, the WSB Radio Instagram. People account. seem interested. <laughs> yeah, and because we have a perspective that they're not seeing. They're not seeing the everyday progress of what's being done and how quickly it's being done. And uh, DOT still sticking with the mid-June uh, rebuild date, reopening of 85. They're backing off a little bit of that. Uh, you know, I know that uh, DOT officials have backed off a little bit of it in terms of, uh, let's not think about mid-May. Let's always think about mid If it opens earlier than that, then good. Yeah. But we're seeing the progress from the air. Uh, under promise, over delivered. Yeah. That's what they did with I-20. So, well, what I noticed, okay, so I, I drove in to the station yesterday, and I saw the beams lined up in the Gore area. Whenever I drove in, but I saw the beams lined up at the Gore area. Yeah, I drove in yesterday morning at at 4 a.m. when I was passing by that. And I was going, man, they've already got beams down here. I knew they were already done demolishing the bridge. So it's sort of like the first phase phase was complete demolition. That that ended at the beginning of last week, I think. Then they had the columns that that are going to support the bridge. Now they're already laying the cross beams. And by sunup today, the goal is to have 21 of those laid down. And it looks like there's three sections and so they've already laid the complete first section of those beams. And they have a huge, I think I heard Liz Arts on Channel 2 say it's like an 800-ton crane or some ridiculous oh, yeah. number. That's, that's a lot. Uh, but anyway, they, they, a huge crane that's, that's hoisting those to, into place. And so what we have to ask again, folks, is be patient. Try not to take pictures of these things while you're driving and so forth. Uh, when you see them coming, try to let them through or at least not impede their progress as they're coming through. And then just be optimistic. I feel like if they've already laid 21 beams down and that's a third of the beams they need laid across that deal, that by the end of this week or even earlier, we're going to have all those beams laid and that'll be maybe the third phase of this project right. done. And depend on us to give you the perspective that you need and not slow that process down yeah. in terms of we can give you a much better vantage point if you follow us on social media and Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And we'll continue to keep you updated from the perspective that we have, which really the seat, best seat in the house from the WSB Skycopter. Sure. And so uh, smile at Mark WSB on Instagram, Fireball Turnbull on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Doug Turnbull on Twitter. He's at McKay WSB on Twitter. And a lot of times the at WSB radio account shares all that stuff anyway. So you can start there and, and click on that. It's a lot of stuff to remember. Um, smiling before we move on to this week and see when, when Mike Luckovich's Stone Mountain volcano happens <laughs> and takes out something. Any more final thoughts assessing I-20, Braves Commute, the 85 Bridge Collabs. Uh, and Oh, and we've got one more thing, actually. I, I say final thoughts. We need to just talk about real quick about what transpired. How quickly we forget. The downtown connector yesterday morning, just no big deal. Shut down in both directions. Uh, here's my theory. The connector was kind of disappointed. Got all this <laughs> attention before the 85 collapsed, and then suddenly people couldn't go there. Now the connector is just kind of a, by- a bypass. You know, we're just like, eh, you know, there- there's the connector. It's doing its thing. And then it's like, I want some attention. Hold, hold my beer is what you <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, or, or, or hold my beer, yes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that was the that was my wake up call Monday morning. Yes. To, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Both directions. Steve Winslow reporting the downtown connector shut down ahead of a Monday morning rush hour. A true Monday morning rush coming off of Easter weekend. Everybody coming back to work. And think how big the connector is. It's six, seven, sometimes eight lanes in both directions. So that's about twelve to sixteen lanes total. 
and both of them were shut down for the morning commute. It honestly would have been more catastrophic had the 85 bridge been open, right? Because then all that traffic would have been used to going there, and I, you know they've adjusted. But so we woke up to that, and what happened was the truck carrying some kind of chlorine chloride hazardous material, industrial chemical, overturned. The chemical spilled. And they were being extra cautious and just said, let's shut this whole puppy down. They forced the connector northbound traffic off onto Spring Street. And then southbound traffic on 75 and 85 really couldn't even get down to the Brooklyn Interchange. So, Smiling, what was that like looking at for the Skycopter? Did you smell any fumes up there? What, what was that like for you? No, it, AJC's John Spink was on ground level saying it smelled like bug spray. And, mm. I, oh, uh, oh. you know, it was another one of those scenes that I've unfortunately been accustomed to. Just complete amazement at a stretch of roadway at a time that it should not have no traffic, had no traffic on it. So the downtown connector to be empty in both directions in midtown Atlanta at 6 o'clock on a Monday morning was bizarre. Um, They they determined that they could open southbound. So open uh, southbound at the beginning of rush was opened up. Um, And I had immediately had people asking me via social media, what's that truck doing inside of 285? Uh And we kind of learned after the fact that both of the drivers involved were charged and uh, they both had a hand and making a real mess for Monday morning commuters into downtown. Yeah, and so the uh, I think it was like a stalled Acura SUV or something like that. They they stopped in the middle of the road, I heard this morning, is what happened. And that, I guess the truck didn't see him. That triggered the crash. That driver was actually driving on an expired or suspended license. The SUV driver. The SUV driver. The truck driver was violating the rules. Now, you are allowed to operate a truck inside the perimeter if you have business there. Okay, so that's that 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 just to, to, to make people know it's not that they're totally banned. How do you get bread to the publics on Piedmont if you can't drive a tractor trailer there? I mean, you can't. Okay, and so so that that's just just to lay that down for you there. Uh, secondly, uh, about the trucks inside the perimeter, and I'm all for keeping them outside, but Traffic Trooper Herschel put something very interesting in our WSB Traffic Troopers Facebook group about at the I-20 way station Lithia Springs that troopers there are telling trucks that are heading through town that they could take I-20 all the way through town and mm-hmm. go inside the perimeter. Now, that this is what he's saying, but he is a knowledgeable trucker. He is not, you know, a wildcat out there, okay? And, and so I think that to relieve pressure on 285 because 285 is so jammed, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that because inside the perimeter on I-20 is not where we're seeing our prize. It's 285 and the 85 corridor that are all jammed up. But, but either way, another thing that I saw that was interesting about this truck overturn deal was how much traffic there was 5, 5.30 a.m. on 75 South. As people are taking that as an 85 Ultra, they, only, they were forced onto 17th Street. They couldn't go past 17th. And so you had essentially one lane open down there, and this traffic was jammed up before Northside Drive. Yeah, and so because of the 85 closure, we had seen some lighter-than-normal conditions through downtown. That all went out the window yeah. when the northbound connector was closed until about 7.30, I guess, when they when they were finally able to open all lanes. Yeah. Uh, another thing ahead of schedule, they were saying 10 a.m., yeah. 7.30. That's good. Yep. <laughs> a- APD said it was going to be about a six-hour closure, and uh, that's why we never estimate. We never est- we never guesstimate. We never estimate how long it'll be to clean up a tractor-trailer crash, a, a fuel spill. You just don't know. Crews have to get in there and do their work, and I know there's a lot of frustrated motorists that would like some lanes open quicker than they are. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But um, that that was just another one of those are-you-kidding-me moments. And who knew six hours later that we'd have another interstate shutdown in I-20. But 
you know, maybe we're back to the new normal. Is mm. that what we're calling it now until I-85 gets built out? The new normal is basically 285 is a lot heavier than normal. A lot of the surface streets around northeast Atlanta, Buckhead, Midtown, a lot heavier than normal. And now we can go back to using I-20 until something happens uh, as an alternate to the 85 collapse. Well, the the, I, the interstates in Atlanta, you're absolutely right, had a serious case of the Mondays, bookended on both sides of the day. We've even left out one other thing. Hmm. Besides, well, it, it was after we were going to bed. Buford Highway was shut down near your, just north of your house last night with a fire under the Peachtree Creek Bridge. So Buford Highway was blocked in Orchard Hills. So they had to bring bridge inspectors there to investigate that to, to make sure that it was going to be open for the morning commute. Now, Buford Highway really is not a great 85 collapse alternate because you can't continue all the way down. I think they block it off still at City Marcus. So, so, uh, so the, the, we had that just to go. So think about it. 3 a.m., connector shut down with a chloride truck overturned or chlorine truck overturned. 12, 11 a.m. I guess it was 11 a.m. The I twenty buckling and that would ended up being shut down. And then 10, 11 o'clock last night, Brookhaven police shut down Buford Highway at Nordrud Hills. And you had the Braves fourth home game. The, the, what a weird was, deal. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, I'm just getting it was the traffic version of that Wednesday when we had the storms come through in three separate waves: morning, <laughs> noon, and oh, night. Yeah, so it's sort of that uh, a traffic then took over and had one of those days. Can we hope for calmer uh, conditions as we continue on? Well, it, let's hope. I mean, how was it this morning outside of the thing, the chaos there at I-20? Well, it uh, settled into what was we, we are now expecting. Heavier than normal traffic on 285 in the morning on both the east and the west side. And, of course, your typical delays coming out of the northern suburbs on the big three uh, funneling into 285. There is an unusual delay uh, that I'm seeing now across anywhere from Doraville uh, westbound uh, past mm-hmm. Dunwoody Sandy Springs on the outer now, which before, once you got past Peachtree Industrial, uh, Peachtree Dunwoody Road, 25 would be opened up toward Cobb County. That's no longer the case because of the I-85 close. Well, what do you think, if they're putting you on the spot, what's one lesson we could take here, Some one thing that we can apply to our commutes going forward until 85 reopens here in a month or two? Uh, plan extra time and just expect the unexpected. Yep. <laughs> I, the, we have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have to be at a certain place at a certain time, and I know, especially if I'm if I'm traveling between Buckhead and Midtown, that's a 45-minute commute at the best of conditions currently. It could be more than that. could be less than that. I'm, I'm budgeting 45 minutes, which is normally during an afternoon, uh, 20 minutes at the most. So you're, you're doubling your commute time, more than doubling your commute time. And I would say as an as an add addition to the expand the uh, expect the unexpected is just it anything can happen folks and you need to keep it right here with wsb it, whether you're following us on social media whether you're tuning into the our, our new website and the revamp traffic page news 95.5 and am 750 wsb i think we have shown if we i think we have proven our salt to atlanta here just over the last month or so or the last two and a half weeks that anything can happen in the Atlanta roads. It's not just the normal gridlock anymore. We're kind of in the wild, wild west, and you got to stick with us. And it's nice to see a lot of the compliments from uh, listeners and uh, commuters who do um, praise the traffic team's work. Um, I know that it's tough for folks who are in it every day, and we try our best to help them out. But we we, we like that. That's very nice feedback to give uh, to folks like us and our teammates who are trying to pe- trying to keep people moving 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. And so we really thank you all for supporting that. We thank you for listening to another kind of mini version of the WSB Traffic Podcast. We're going to bring these from you in more frequency now because uh, as if traffic wasn't topical enough, it sure is now. But Smile, I know you've had a long morning, got got hopefully a day where you could 
not have to worry about any overtime here. So I hope you get some rest. Thanks, Doug, and um, great job by you and everyone else that uh, we're trying to keep people uh, moving. And it's, it's we're all in this together. We're all in this together, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Well, folks, take care, and we'll be back shortly here with the WSB Traffic Podcast. Thanks for listening. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401K, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.